Father, we thank you we can know a love that is not of earth, but came to earth to bring life and abundant life in us, to release us from ourselves, to release us from fear, to release us of our humanity, and to try and live like a human, trying to find life as a human in human life. You came to set us free from that life that we would know the real life that we were created for. My prayer every morning is eyes would be open and ears would be popped. That ears would be attentive and hearts receptive to the word of God that performs a work in you that is purely supernatural. It's not natural. The gospel isn't natural, guys. You don't understand the gospel in your head. That's not going to bring you the life you were predestined for. All that will do is fill you with information that you know you can't live out. Creates actually a turmoil. Because you have something in your head, sit down here, grab a seat. And yet you know you actually struggle to live it out. Causes greater conflict. And yet there is a love of a father that is waiting to be known, not known about, known. But we need to be rescued from ourselves if we are to actually know the love that I'm prophesying to you. You have to get set free from the root of you. Demonic human nature. Those are the words God gave me during the week. He said, self is a demonic human nature that tries to live for it self Jesus said here's the prerequisite for following me you need to deny the God of self Peter couldn't do it could he he said he could though didn't he till he was found out and Jesus had to lead him through a process called crucifixion from death of the demonic human nature into the divine nature of Abba. Not through head knowledge, through a powerful revelation of love piercing his innermost being through repentance. That's how you come to know love. There is only one way to know love. It's through repentance through a supernatural act of the gospel, which is supernatural, piercing your innermost being and releasing you from you. So then you actually can love the way you're instructed to love. Up until that point, you'll only ever know about a love. 
and knowing that God loves you and knowing love and receiving love and living from love are miles apart. They are night and day. They're not even close, even though they sound similar. Can I say that again? They sound similar. They are nothing like one another in reality of what they are able and enable and empower the church to be and live from. And unfortunately, whether we like it or not, we all have to go through a crucifixion of self-dying and staying dead to life and living from life. Anyone flown on a plane when there's been massive turbulence? How many people have landed in Wellington when it's been massive turbulence? Think you're going to die? Start finding this extra prayer level in your prayer closet from somewhere. Everybody claps when the plane lands. (laughs) That's what it's like with God when he wants to come and pierce your innermost being. It's like life in a plane that's full of turbulence. (laughs) What are you doing? I'm trying to get to the root. And you keep fighting me, so you keep going up and down, up and down, like the plane up and down, and I'm just trying to reach in and grab that root and rip it from you so I can free you from you. So don't fight me. Stay still on the table called the operating table. And let me take the root from you that was in you by birth that you don't even maybe know is even there and let me reroute you into me. Let me grab the tap root that anchors you to the earth, the main root that's very hard to get out, which you can't get out by yourself, and let my sword come straight into your heart, the deep recesses of who you, your place of being, where you are full of sin and iniquity, and let me reach in there and grab it with my hand because my hand is not too short to do this work. If you would stay still on the table and not get off it, stay still and allow the master surgeon with the precision of his sword to cut and release you from you so you can (gasps) breathe. And be free from a root that has bound you while you've tried to live a Christian life. With great and good intentions, trying to come into life. Do you know how we do it? Through proclamation. Through memorization. Unfortunately, it just doesn't work. Because it has to be through revelation. They all sound the same. They all finish in shin, shin, shin. And they sound so good, but one is right, the other two are lies. That we actually teach, but we never actually come into life. Because Jesus didn't say, on the memorization of my scriptures, I build my church. He didn't say on the proclamation of words of trying to encourage yourself who you are, because you really don't know who you are. 
because you're trying to get an outside-in reality instead of an inside-out one. See, it never works. He said, on the revelation of myself, I build my church because I am the root system. I am love, the what root? The tap root. I am it. And I am anchored into my Father's foundation called the kingdom of God, love. And so I re-root you from the earth, the demonic nature. And I re-root you with my power. And then I plant you into my son, who is the root system. Who said, if you're grounded and rooted in me, you will know how high, how wide, how deep, how long is the love that goes beyond man's capacity to grasp it through memorization and proclamation of scripture. And you will know a love that was bought and paid for you at Calvary. Know it, not know about it anymore. That may have got you to this place today, place, which is good, but it is a means to a greater end. Did you know putting on love is not the end? It's a means to a greater end where you no longer put it on, you live from it. Put this into the context. If Jesus has to keep putting on love, Every time our behavior doesn't stack up when someone else abuses you, because you say put on love when someone comes, when loveless comes at you, yes? I need to be putting on love so I can love the offense. If Jesus did that, he's going to be very busy taking on and off his coat, isn't he? Think about it. He's got to put it on, put it off, put it on, put it off. Put it on. How many times a day? How many times a second? Uh, is our behavior not stacking up where he's got to put on, off, on, off, on, off, on, off, on? There is a place in God. You only need this by revelation the size of a mustard seed where love is put on final and it is within you in your innermost being. All you need is the size of a seed of a mustard seed to say, hey, mountain, jump. Imagine a mustard seed revelation of the power of God revealed in you and from that place it grows and you are perfected in Love, but all you need is a mustard seed of love to revolutionize your entire being. That's the Father's love. Nothing less than that is the Father's love. And the challenge is that I and you cannot know that without revelation. So, what do we do? We try to work our way through works. We try and we think, if I just do these works, that's what it means to be a Christian. If I speak in tongues, if I prophesy to the mountains and the demons and everything else that's living, if I give my body as a burnt offering, then certainly that'll be it. He says, no, unless you know me, I am love. And live from love. There is a good chance your whole life will be defined by your demonic human nature that still is in us waiting to be uprooted from us. 
And he will say to you, it all profits you nothing. It is not a waste of time because hopefully if you're living this life, you're coming to the end of that life. God uses everything to get us into life. So it's not a waste of time. You've just missed the mark. It's amazing to know you've been missing the mark because now you can stop missing it. But until you know you've been missing it, you don't know you've been missing it. So it's amazing when God turns up and says, you've been missing the mark, Simnor. For the purpose of life, I reveal it in you and to you because I kick down every mountain, every demon to get to you. That you would know me because there's no love like a father. There is no love. I'm not talking about a human father. I'm not, there's no love like a, a father, the father. No wife can compete with the father. No husband can compete with the father. No child can compete with the father. You know what? They've never been created to. That is actually a loveless relationship if you're looking for love in a person. Can I just encourage you to stop because all you'll do is suck the life out of them for your own selfish need of lust because the tap root of self has not been ripped from you and just like Peter couldn't deny himself we can't either until we get uprooted and rerooted because acts Peter And 1 and 2 Peter is not the same Peter of the Gospels. He is the same man, but he is not the same guy. His inner system is being rerouted in Acts and 1 and 2 Peter. He now has the divine nature of Abba as his root system. As Peter of the Gospels, he has his demonic human nature as his root system. Do you know what's amazing? Is from that place, he can still receive revelation that Jesus is the Messiah. He can still walk on water and do miracles. He can actually cast out demons and still have his demonic human nature living within him. That's deep, isn't it? Can you start to see why when God says, if you do all these things and you don't know me, it's just a missing a mark? Because this has never been about function. This has always been about an eternal relationship, fellowship between me and my people. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that, but I just do want to get on to what I've started And I want to read 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 3. And I want to take us through this step by step. So there may be a little bit of turbulence. So when you're in a plane, they give you a safety briefing, don't they? And you need to listen to the safety briefing. How many people keep their earplugs in, ignore it, you know, yeah, I've been on this plane, I don't need to listen. Well, today you need to tune in and you do need to listen. So you need to buckle up. Okay. 
may get a little bit rocky, might get a little bit bumpy along the way, but it's okay because God's flying the plane. All right? And God is for us. He's not against us. But we all truly want to be able to imitate God, don't we? We, I believe in all of the deep recesses of our heart, we actually do, even though we might not be able to. And our spirit is willing, but our flesh, the root of self, can always dominate us, and we never find ourselves being able to, but we want to, yeah? So if we truly want the fulfillment of that desire, we have to actually allow God to be God. We have to let, allow his truth to be spoken, not our version of it. And we actually have to allow the process of going through death to life. Okay, Jesus could not, if Jesus didn't die, we don't have the opportunity of life, correct? And it's a resurrected life. It's a brand new life. It's not an old life that dies and he gets a dead guy back to life. It's a brand new life in Christ. So Christ wants to grow his life within you. It's not Greg Simner being brought from the dead and Greg Simner modified. It's Greg Simner now filled with a brand new eternal life called Jesus Christ through the power that rose him from the grave. It's the same power that creates this life within Greg Simner. So Greg Simner can truly be an imitator of God. Yeah? If you would like that more clearly, have time to process that, I've just finished writing this book called Imitate Me. They are at the back. They are free. If you would like to pay for one, feel free to pay for one of $5 as well, but they are free. This is revelation upon revelation upon revelation of what he's been showing me over the last four years of Paul's life, who said, church, imitate me, as I imitate the Christ. So what is it about the church that we are to be imitating? Because we're not all called to be apostles, but we are all called to imitate Paul. So this is about understanding process, revelation, positioning yourself, how you have to be fully surrendered and submitted to the Lord's authority if you want to be able to come into the life which you cannot do of yourself. You may not want to read it. That's fine too. You may want to go, I'm not going anywhere near that book because it's going to freak me out too much. And that's fine. The timing of it may not be for you. But if you sense the timing of the Holy Spirit is for you, then grab one. Because his timing needs to be perfect on all things, correct? All right. Works without love are worthless. Started this last week. Going to continue it. Works without love are worthless. Is that a wee ouch? Do you want to do works that are worthless? Or do you want to do works that hold eternal value? There are works to be done, correct? But they are works of eternal value. Not any work, because I have a good idea, or I've created my own idea of what Christianity is to be like. Okay? That is operating from the demonic, divine nature that still lives within you, that needs to be rooted out of you through his power. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 1. If I speak with love, sorry, if I speak with tongues of men and of angels... But do not 
have love. I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. It's funny how you can have the gift of prophecy to move mountains, but if I don't have love, isn't it? You can have the ability to speak in tongues, but not have love. This is where you don't put it on. See, once you got it, you got it. It's in you. It's full. It's through revelation, not through memorization. Remember, and proclamation. It's through the revelation of love fills which Romans 5, 5 says they poured the love of God into and over us. Paul says, I'm full of love. Remember how high, how wide, how deep is the love of God that can't go beyond. So it's not this thing where it's like, I have it, I don't have it, I have it, I don't have it. I either have it through revelation or I'm yet to come into it. Through God's power. Not through my pressing in to try and squeeze love out of me through my own strength. See, it says those who enter his rest, Sabbath rest that Jesus said, come to me and I give it. Those who have entered into Christ rest from their works. Meaning every work you're trying to do from your demonic human nature trying to bring yourself into only the life he can bring you into. His rest cuts that tie, cuts that root, and now you actually are in rest, Christ. Come to me and I'll give you rest. Learn from me, the one who is rest, so you can live in rest your entire life. Not put it on, put it off, put it on, put it off, put it on. You don't have it if you're doing that. It's outside of you and you're trying to do this. It's got to be put in you through the power of revelation and it comes out of you and it's a work of the Holy Spirit, not a work of human strength. This is, guys, this this whole week he's messed me up in a beautiful way. I'm thinking about writing a book now about the root system because I've always known it And now I'm knowing it. I've known this in a powerful revelation. And yet this week I go, I know now it more in a more powerful revelation than I did before. We had a marriage day retreat with Jenny and Cliff, which was awesome. Thanks, guys, yesterday. And watching one of the clips was this couple being counseled. It was a clip and... The counselor came up from behind his desk and he stood right in front of me. He said, you know what the problem with your marriage is? You two. (laughs) And the shock horror on the people's faces and then the justification came. No, you don't understand. No, no, the problem is you two. And then there was this silence where he got to minister and just start to speak about the root problem. And so often we can just address the root problem in a physical context. Oh, the root problem is you don't know how to communicate with me in this marriage. No, the root problem is the demonic nature of self that still lives in the church's heart. 
because it hasn't received a supernatural gospel because the gospel is supernatural and the work of the gospel, which is Acts 2.37, which reaches into the deep recesses of the human heart and goes like a sword and you go as if you've just been stabbed by a sword and out it comes and you breathe. Is that the gospel you received? That's the gospel I received in my workplace. Not through preaching. In my workplace. Listening to Celine Dion singing Life Goes On. (laughs) And it sucked because my life was coming to an end. My first marriage was dying, dead. Which brought me to the end of me. And ready to receive Jesus Christ as he was. Because the demonic human nature in Greg Simnor had come to its end. And it was ready. Are you ready today? It's okay if you're not. But do not deny the power of it to set you free from you. Otherwise you will live a very limp Christianity. Instead of a thriving, overcoming walk with him and his church. So he says, if you have all this, but do not have love, listen to this, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, who is love? God is love, Christ is love. 16 attributes of love, it's all God. I've got God. But I've got God. Well, how are you going with that? How's your inner realm going? How's the inner life going? The kingdom of God is peace, joy, righteousness in God. How's the peace going? That guards the heart and the mind, so no worry and anxiousness sits in a heart and a mind. How are you going with the joy that's greater than happiness and emotions? When bad stuff happens, you don't fall over because your feelings take. How are you going with that if you've got God in the fullness of how you need to get God? Can you hear the different realities between those two things? There is revelation upon a revelation upon a revelation a revelation of Jesus Christ needed in you and me then you got God the way God wants to be got up until that point you're sort of getting God you have him but how well do you know him he knows you very well how well do you love him well you can't love him in the way he wants to be loved if you haven't been rerouted by him because you're going to love you. Your life will be all about you and you will tag his name on. And he loves us if we're doing that. You know that he's so incredible that that doesn't disqualify us. We would disqualify one another. Because we can't love like that unless we have his love. And when you have his love, you don't disqualify people who actually treat you like that. You love them. 
that is unbelievably possible in God. And to experience it is not short of breathtaking, greater than anything you could imagine. The birth of children, your marriage, Liverpool winning the Champions League, nothing comes short of it at all to know you can imitate him. And no, it's not you. Don't figure that out. You never will. Just live in it. Because you believe. Not mentally agree. You believe. You can be burned but not have love. It profits me nothing. Psalm 51. Shared this a little bit last week. Want to take you back there? Did you know King David didn't know what I'm talking about? Until his root of self murdered a man and slept with that man's wife. Well, that's Christianity, isn't it? I've got a healthy innermost being there. Hey, Dave. Good representation, David, of the father there, right there. Do not murder, do not commit adultery. No, I'll do it, try and get away with it and maintain my position as king. Don't think that was a few hundred years ago. It happens in the body of Christ. The great cover-up. So what does he say? King David, whose heart was like the father's. Do you know why? Do you think it was because he killed Goliath? Do you think it was because he killed a bear with his bare hands? I am the man. No, it's because he was a man of repentance. When the word of the Lord came to him, do you know what he didn't do? Justify it away. Kill Nathan. Could have, eh? Could have killed the prophet. Don't like that word. Off with your head. Let's hide that. No, the man allowed the word of the God to pierce his innermost being where self was still there, the root, because he didn't know the mercy of God yet, so God was going to show him how merciful he was to him through his action. And then the man took time to write it for us that we would actually go through the process because we are no different to King David. You and I have been called to be what? Kings? Priests of another kingdom? Well, guess what? If we're actually going to be what we are, you've got to go through the same process as everybody else that was. At the same time, you can deny, deflect, justify, run away from, fill your boots. You can do it all, but what you're doing is putting the life that Christ had for you in jeopardy. He will still love you while you do all that. I can't fathom this love, man. You can run, kick, spew, scream, yell, deny, whatever you want to do. He will still love you. Because his love is not dependent on your behavior. His love is dependent on him. Aren't you thankful? But why wouldn't you take that love and then allow it to propel you into the life you were called for? Like, Why would you continue to stop trying to come into life through your own way when he tells you if you try it, it's all pointless, worthless, it profits you nothing? You can give your entire life for ministry and it can be nothing. If you do not know love and the purpose for love and who love is, 
There is a good chance every bit of it is coming out of the divine nature. No, the demonic, fallen self nature that needs to be fed. It needs to know its purpose. It needs to know its meaning. It needs to know it's got a sense of accomplishment. It needs feeding. Have you discovered that yet? And when you try to deny it through self-help books and self-teaching and proclamation, whatever that word is, (laughs) memorization, you can't. Can you, anybody try to eat? Can you deny it? You can't until this other power comes in and sets you free of you. You can't. Please hear me. Stop. You can't. How do you know, Greg? Because I've tried. Me and Nick were talking about hindsight. Such a powerful thing. It's when you need wisdom when you don't have any but you don't get it till you realize later you needed it back then. But you learn it, don't you? See how it's not a waste of time, but it's a missing the mark. Because God will take it and use it to show you, hey, knucklehead, while I've been loving you, you trying to do your own thing, I'm still here and I'm going to use it to show you you need me. Not just when things are bad, every second you need me. I am the source of your life. Full stop. No one else. No possession. Me. Full stop. So how well do you know me? How well are you feeding off me and from me and drinking of me and from me? Man, he is so amazing. This is David's words. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me. He knows his true state. He knows how he was born. He's got it. Evil in nature. This is how I entered the world. Behold, you, God, desire truth in the innermost being. The place that you might not even know exists within you. That's where you need Jesus Christ to come through his power. Do you know the place you're from, the kingdom of darkness? Or did you just grow up in a beautiful environment that you were taught words of life and truth, but you actually never know the nature that lives within you, that you need to get free of, that is within my two children, even though they grow up in a Christian home with a mum and a dad who are leading the fellowship? That doesn't mean anything unless they come to the realization of their absolute need for God that they must fully surrender their entire lives through the process of revelation and be set free from themselves. This will mean nothing. It's just good information. There has to be in every human heart this work I'm talking about to reroute you. Otherwise, you will never be poor in spirit. You'll be proud in spirit. And you'll disguise that and call false humility of works. And you'll be passive aggressive against the truth. And you will find yourself doing this instead of doing this. It's him, eh? And in the hidden part, you will make me know wisdom. See, in the hidden part, 
He will make you know wisdom. Who is wisdom? Jesus. Is Jesus the root system of love? Rooted and grounded in love. Is he the tap root? So if you go through this process that David has just gone through, you're going to have a knowledge in you called wisdom, called Jesus Christ, that you live from. Jesus Christ is the creator of all things, is he not? Jesus Christ defeated death through the power of God, did he not? Is not all thing, everything for him, through him, is he not? So what does your life look like if Jesus Christ is being manifested in you? Do you know what it looks like? It looks like Jesus Christ. Love one another as I love you. See, it's the revelation of the word we got, not just we need, not just the knowing about the words. We need to go beyond the words into the word and receive that in us so we can live from this eternal life, Jesus Christ. David's come to this realization, purify me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness. You ready for this one? Let the bones which you have broken rejoice. Who broke them? Let the bones, Lord, you break, rejoice. Do you know when I came to the end of myself in 1997, it was the most horrible thing to happen and the best thing all at the same time? Because that's where I actually started to discover life for the first time. True life. The life that I was created to know. Eternal life. Not this human life where I try to keep my humanity all together and I plan my 10 year, 15 year, whatever, and then I die and I realize at a judgment seat I completely missed it. I'm talking about the life that doesn't worry about clothes, food, and the life that is here to accomplish whose will. He's discovering this. So he says, let the bones which you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Let's go down to verse 15. O Lord, open my lips that my mouth may declare your praise. You think of this as going on inside you, your mouth is going to move. Doesn't matter what you're going through, I'm telling you, you will praise. Why? Because the work that's happening in you through being broken and then built and blessed, you're going to praise. It's not defined by circumstance or situation, guys. It's defined by the root coming out and the root coming in. And it doesn't matter what's happening external of you because what's in you is greater than what's at you. This is what this all means. Are we hearing this today? We should be literally leaving our seats right now because what I'm preaching, I don't think I've preached better than this in my 10 years here. This thing should be lifting you off your seat going, you are speaking a supernatural reality for me. I can't give you better than this, so we're in trouble if this isn't good enough. (laughs) He says this, for you do not delight in sacrifice. You ready? You're hearing this? Otherwise, I would give it. I'm learning something about you, God. You don't delight in just the works I give you. Now, in this context, it's killing things. You don't delight in the killing of animals because this doesn't what? Cleanse the sin that's in me. This doesn't do it. Now, put it into some of our context because he's become that lamb. But what about all the works that you're doing for me? This isn't going to cut it. 
This doesn't mean you love me because you do stuff. This could be you doing stuff for you because you don't know who you are. And you've got to feel good about who you are, so you take these things and you try to do them to prove yourself. Anybody with me? This is called the works wagon. This is called the burnout wagon in Christianity. This is how you get burnt out in doing these good deeds for Jesus. This is how it happens, guys. Please hear me. This is how it happens. You have not entered into his rest. You have not ceased from your work. So you get on the wagon wheel of works for Jesus Christ. And Jesus is standing there going, you know what? I admire the effort. (laughs) You can do a lot in your own will. I know that because I gave it. And it's the power of that will that's actually separating you from me right now because you're still living. But if I can define and reroute that will, man, you're going to be powerful. Because you'll leave all things behind immediately and come follow me. But unless that's rerouted, that will will live for you. And you will have the fruit of that. So how's your inner realm? You got love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and abundance yet? What do you got inside? Stress, worry, anxiousness? Fornication. You got the deeds of the flesh or the fruit of the spirit? You're saved. What's your inner realm like? I'm preaching you the true gospel right now. We don't like it, eh? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Have you transitioned yet where you love it? I know some people here are going right now without saying anything, preach that sucker, man. Preach that sucker. Preach it. We all need to hear it because I was once on the other side of it and I hated it. But I've transitioned and now I love it because I know that sets me free. And David is discovering this right now. While he defeated enemies, defeated Goliath, he's discovering an inner root that still existed that needed to be ripped out of him. Not through his ability, through his submission, surrender, repentance. Which means turning and never going back to the place you were. It doesn't just mean asking forgiveness and staying there. It means you ask for forgiveness, you turn, and you never go back there. Why? Because you've got so much to enter into. What was that word I gave you at the start? The promises of God waiting to be revealed within you. And he just gives you more and more and more. And all of a sudden, you're walking on the earth, and now you start walking above the earth. And there's only two mil of your body touching the earth called the sole of your foot. So Jesus doesn't need to wash any part of your body. He just needs to wash the sole part of your foot. You get in that reality now why he only needed to wash the feet? Because most of their body was above the earth. The sacrifices, where am I up to? For you do not delight in sacrifice, otherwise I would give it. You are not pleased with burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. He learned this the hard way. Anybody learned this the love way? Put your hand up if you've learned this coming to this life the love way by just hearing God's word. Anybody? Have you? Awesome. You need to get up here and speak then. I did not learn it the love way. 
I learnt love the hard way. Through trying to come into love the hard way. It's called living for me. This is what David's realising. And then he gets, he gets it. See, look at this. You're not pleased with burnt offering. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 13.3. If you lay your life down as a burnt offering and don't know love, waste of time. What is worship, guys? What is biblical worship? It's yeah, the submission and the surrender and the laying down of your life, is it not? Romans 12, 1 to 2. Write these scriptures down. I'm not going to read them all out. I'm just going to say what they are because I know what they are. Here is a pattern for you, okay? So the laying down of one's life is true biblical worship. Romans 12, 1 and 2. And also, do not be conformed to the patterns of the world. So you can prove what God's will is, which is the complete transformation of the church. So we walk in the manner in which Christ walked. That's the will of God. That's how you prove it, because you prove it through your life. The demonstration of your life, not the intellectual knowledge you have that you speak of, your life is to prove the will of God. Agreed? That can only be done through the laying down of your life, which is worship, not singing songs. Song come out of laying your life down. You can sing a song and not lay your life down. Okay, the next scripture is 2 Corinthians 5, 14 to 15. Now, in your mind, think worship, laying your life down, and what David said, burnt offerings. And our lives from 1 Corinthians 13, 3 can just be a burnt offering that profits us nothing, yeah? This is how you get people that say, oh, I'm following Jesus. They give all their possessions away. They go live in a commune. They give all their money away and they go, it didn't work. So yeah, because he didn't orchestrate it. Oh no, but I'm following Jesus. Man, I'm laying my life down. It's called false sacrifice and false worship and false suffering. I'm suffering for Jesus. Man, I'm suffering. Let me tell you about all the bad stuff I'm going through. Do you know Jesus never uttered one word when he suffered? Because he was in love. You see, if you can't keep your mouth closed when what you're going through, you may not have love in you. Because Jesus didn't utter one word when they crucified him. He didn't utter a thing. He didn't even correct the guy on the crosses that were giving him a hard time, did he? Because love doesn't need to justify itself. Love just is and love just loves. And see, this is the problem with the church because we're so works-focused and we have this insatiable need to do because we don't know love. And all we know is the world we're from, which is within us, which is function. That's why our relationships are falling apart because they're built on function, not love. Because you can only know love if you know the one of love. And if you only know about the one of love, you give love lip service and your life is defined by function. David is discovering this. So he then tells you a burnt life on an offering that doesn't know love is nothing. Paul discovers the same thing. He writes it in Corinthians. It's nothing. Yet there is a life laid down from love with works, which is everything. And with that life comes life. And that life is in the innermost being realm in you. 
It's called the Beatitudes Life, which is the Sermon on the Mount, which is all about the inner life. Not the external life of laying hands on people. You can do signs and wonders and not have a clue what I'm talking about. Because you have not laid your life down and allowed the surgeon to do all the work that the surgeon wants to do from love. But you know what? You've got a gift and a calling and you're going to go change the world because you'll still function at the root and your demonic nature, which is functional, is still operating in you. And you can do all that and be like Peter. When you're asked to deny yourself, you can't. Because you are committed to the Lord. You're just not surrendered to the Lord. And they, once again, sound the same. They are miles different. So you serve how you want to serve. And you do it your way. And you are the greatest pain to every godly leader. Full stop. Because it is still about you, even though you profess it's about him and his kingdom, it is about you and your kingdom. The church is full of these roots. It's a root system. It is not who you've been created to be, but is it still operating in you? So David, Paul, they all know this reality. So what does 2 Corinthians 5 say? For the love of Christ controls us. You controlled by love? Good on you, Shirley. You controlled by Jesus Christ? Does every decision you think about your life source come from knowing Jesus or you? Paul's going, I'm controlled by it. Control's a bad word. Controlled? Ugh. Well, Paul doesn't seem to think it's a bad word because it's his reality. For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all so that they, who is they? Us who live might no longer live for themselves. Who are you living for? but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. So if the root system is still you, you'll never live that out because you can't live the way he's telling you to. So that they who might no longer live for self. Can you hear the pattern? You can give your life. You can prophesy. Fill your boots. Still can't live for Christ, but you can take his name and his anointing and abuse it and call it Christianity and not know him. Who in their head are going to Matthew 7 right now? What's in Matthew 7, Greg? You need to know what's in Matthew 7. What about the next scripture? Matthew 10, 37 to 39. This is everywhere if you have eyes to see it. The key part in this, man, is it all, (laughs) but the last part. Matthew 10, 37. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Stay with me on this love thing. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. You can throw in wife in there and husband because in Luke it says the same thing. 
And he who does not take his cross and follow me after me is not worthy of me. Do you know the word worthy means to be fit and prepared? His blood makes you worthy. It's a different word. You are not fit and prepared. What for? The coming groom who said, get ready. He's telling you, if you love humans, your life, you will not be fit, you will not be ready when I return. That is what he's saying. Why, Greg? Because you've got to get ready. And you're getting ready over here, getting your own life ready. And you've got to get ready. You've got to enter into the process of what it means to get ready for me to build you. So you have a substance, a life source in you, which is eternal, which is able to work out what I've called you to work out because I've called my church to have the manifold wisdom of God expressing itself into the earth. And this angelic heavenly realm takes note of the church. This is how far we have fallen. And unless you have an ear that is receptive and a heart that is attentive, you're probably not liking me right now. I don't know. But that's okay because I love you. And I don't need you to like me because I've got a guy that loves me. And because you didn't accept me, you can't reject me. And if this is the last message I preach because no one turns up next Sunday, I really don't care. (laughs) I don't. Because it's not based on my function. I have come to the point in my life where I'm so happy to do nothing ever again. And I don't need to. Because I love him and his love is enough just to be in relationship. Because I don't need to preach. I don't need to do anything He says, you don't need to do anything, son. Do you know how freeing that is and how scary that is at the same time for people? And that enables me to say what he's put on my heart to say without any fear of everybody walking away because it's not my church, it's his. (laughs) It's so freaking nice because I know him. And I've allowed these words to penetrate my innermost being. I've allowed, I've given permission to the Holy Spirit to teach me, to grow me, to go to work in me. I said, yes, Lord, I want this. And you know, the more he does it, the more you want. And other people look and it's like, this is amazing, man, to completely not live for you and allow the hard scriptures to go into you. It doesn't hurt. It feels amazing. Can you hear the difference between Christianity being hard and tiresome and Christianity being full of life? It's powerful this is not hard when you are receiving the manna from above in your innermost being and you are being built on the inside nothing is hard because you've got the power of God which takes away and conquers and scriptures like I'm more than a conqueror are in you And so then he says this, and he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who has 
found his life will lose it. And he who has lost his life, here's the key part, for my sake will find it. You have to lose your life for his sake, which means you need to know him. Which means you have to have the root of self ripped out of you to truly know him, know love. Otherwise, you can hoodwink yourself and lay your life down thinking this is what it means and it doesn't bring any life in you. It's always hard. You're always going without lack. You've got lack, 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 lack. And you're wondering why because you think you're doing the will of God. He's going, no, you're doing the will of self still. Because what God promises, God delivers on, does he not? The last part is the promise. And he who has lost his life for my sake will find it. What is it? The life you were pre-created before and the foundations to find. You will find the life that's hidden in the Christ. Not your human life when you were born as a simnor and you're trying to apply scriptures to a simnor rather than being a Christian. Because the root of Simnor, the demonic nature, which is in every human being, got ripped out of you by the power of 997, and a brand new root came in, and that root has been building a tree called the vine. Who is who? And so he's telling you guys, if you love a person, a people, a position, a thing, more than you ain't worthy of this me and this life I've called you for. That does not mean I don't love you, but you are not worthy of the reward. You are not worthy of the prize because your life doesn't stack up. This is not unconditional the whole way. You, Your salvation is unconditional based on his love. If you want the reward, it's conditional on your obedience. Man, do we need this in the body of Christ because truth has become so subjective, everyone's determining what their own truth is. Because we don't know him, we don't know the Spirit, the Spirit's not teaching us, so we come up with this wacky stuff, but you know what we still can't do? Deny self and love like God. But you can walk on water, you can cast out demons, you can do all the things he warned you about in 1 Corinthians 13 and said, you can do all that and still not know me. Do you know 1 Corinthians 8.3 says God knows those who love him? It says you can have knowledge good on you, but knowledge puffs up and makes you arrogant. You can have knowledge about idols and not even know that you think you love me. You can have knowledge and you can think you do, but your life doesn't stack up. You've got to have a life that stacks up to the truth. If you want the life you are predestined for now and the life in the future, if you just want his love to cover you, then stay as you are. If you're not in that, what I'm talking about. It's not a love issue. Can we clear that, yeah? It has nothing to do whether God loves you. It's do you love God? That's what the question is. He's saying you can give your life, but if you've not given it for his sake, it's just a burnt offering. What about Mark 6, 6 to 9? Bringing this to a close. But it never ends, does it? You still with me? 
Mark 6, 6 to 9. Have I written this in the right place? No, I haven't. Is it Mark 7? Yes, it's Mark 7. Sorry, it's Mark 7, 6 to 9. This is Jesus. And he said to them rightly, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites? So Isaiah has already foretold as it is written. This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. He's talking about the Israelites, okay? But listen to this. In vain do they worship me. What is worship again? Are you hearing the pattern? In vain they're laying down their lives. The giving of your life is futile. You say all the right stuff and you live all the wrong way. So you can be completely saying, I love God and live for you. You can say, I love God and live for you, but look like you're doing ministry. And you can heal the sick and you can raise the dead and you can give your life to be burnt. But if it does not come from love and inspired by love and from love and love is doing the work, it's still you doing it. And that is in vain. Where else do you know a scripture that talks about in vain? Psalm 127, one to do. If you build the house, it's all built in vain. The builders must fall upon the rock, who is who? And be smashed into pieces so they never build anything human again. But builders build, do they not? So a builder who only falls on the rock and gets chipped or cracked will still get up and build his own thing. So Jesus says the builders who rejected the cornerstone Christ, everyone else that falls on this rock will be smashed and broken into pieces so the root gets ripped out never to live again. He said, but you don't want the rock to fall on you and smash you. That ain't good because he's talking to the Pharisees, the Jews, again, the context. But it says everyone who falls on the rock will be broken into pieces. What gets broken into pieces, Greg? Your spirit of pride. The root of you, which is your demonic, gets broken, smashed, ripped out. Now guess what comes into you? Love. So now blessed are the poor in spirit, which is the first beatitudes that defines all the other beatitudes is you, but not through false worship of laying your life down. The true worship of giving your life because you know him. How do you know if your life is in vain? You need to know the answer to this question, don't you? We all need to know whether my life is being lived for me or him. If we're truly going to change, don't we? And you will know. You will know. Because you will have the corresponding life of him as promised in Matthew if you've gone through what he said you're to go through. So the evidence of knowing is you'll have the corresponding life of the promise. If you don't yet have the corresponding life of the promise, then there's two options. One, you haven't even started and you are living for you. Two, you have started, but the work is in progress. 
which category are you falling into? Because you can measure yourself where you're at spiritually, you're called to. That's why he says before this in 1 Corinthians 8.3, don't think more highly of yourself. You don't know as you ought to know yet, but you will know when the work has been done. And you will have the corresponding life of Christ formed in you through worship. Isaiah said it this way, they honor me with their lips, they remove their heart from me. Their reverence for me is in traditions learned by rote. Noah said his reverence for God was in what God was showing him in the unseen realm. Build an ark, son. There's a tsunami coming. Greg preached the word, son. I'm coming back. They're not ready. Jesus is your ark. Are you on board? Because he's going to save you from what's coming on the earth if you know him. If you don't know him, you better get to know him because a knowing about knowing is not going to be strong enough when it all kicks off. And it's kicking off. It's subtly kicking off. Right here in this nation, it's kicking off. Are you aware and awake or are you still living for you? With your nice picket fence and your nice house and your nice family holidays and all the stuff you go on, or are you and have you been arrested, apprehended from that life and completely through repentance spun around and pointed in a brand new way and you're part of a body of Christ seeing the kingdom come in and through you and you are living for him and his purpose and his will. And our human fleshly stuff doesn't cut it as much as good as it can look. You do not want to be Peter of Acts, sorry, of the Gospels. Trust me. You want to go through what he went through so you can become the Peter of Acts and one and two Peter. Let Jesus take you by the hand and lead you into Acts and one and two Peter. Let Jesus, who will never leave you and never forsake you and do the work in you through your surrender and submission, let him be God in your life. And surrender the control of your life to him today. Otherwise, you run the risk of never doing it. Do not harden your heart today as they did when they were preached the word in the wilderness after seeing miracle on miracle on miracle. They hardened their heart and said no through unbelief and apathy. Do not today, the word is being declared from heaven, harden your heart, repent, I am coming. I will take your lampstand off you. Wake up. You say you have works. I tell you they are futile. There's one work, it's called to believe in the Son and live as the Son lived. It's time to wake up, repent, otherwise I'm coming and I'm going to nick it off you and give it to those who are doing something. It just got more serious, didn't it? The Word of God is serious 
He's a serious God. He's into serious business. He's looking for a serious church to do what is coming to be, what he has called her to be. And you and I have an opportunity today to be it. We will have it tomorrow, but why wait for tomorrow? Why put off tomorrow what is today? Revelation 2, 1 and 7. Revelation 3, 1 and 6 is what I just spoke. It's a warning from heaven. But do you know with that warning, there's an incredible promise? So do you hear the warning or the promise? But some people need a warning to wake up. Other people need a promise because they've already woken up. What is the promise? Keep going. If you can, keep going, keep going, keep going. I should go back. Sorry, Terry. What does that say? Have you lost it or left it? We say, oh, I lost my first love. No, you left it. That's a different reality, isn't it? Have you ever found it, though? Or only about it. Keep going, mate. Tells you to repent, do the deeds you did at first, or else I'm coming and remove your lampstand of its place unless you repent. Keep going. Keep going. It's the works of the Nicolaitans, which was lukewarmness. Hear who has an ear, let him hear. What the Spirit says to the churches, to him who overcomes, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God, which is in the new heavens and the new earth. If you overcome, there is a promise. So God has to send us a rebuking word of love to awaken us into a reality that's for us that we can be the overcomers go to the next one buddy that's there are seven promises for you and I do you realize this so God never leaves you hanging dry with a negative none of it's negative but he always leaves you with a promise he shows you the problem then he gives you the promise this is the God because he's the God of problems or promises right so to the angel, just go through to the end. He tells you, I know your deeds. You say this, but you're full of it, basically. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. I'm not talking about hearing me naturally. I'm talking about hearing what the Spirit is saying in power right now. Keep going. For though I caused you sorrow by my letter. Oh, no, that's that's what Paul's in. Let me just, that's the wrong scripture, bro, but. I might have given you the wrong one. Still want revelation if you've got it. I'm not sure if I gave it to you. Let me read this. It talks about you've soiled, there are some who have soiled their garments. Okay, the white garments, for they are worthy. There are some who are worthy who haven't soiled their garments. He who overcomes, but uh, okay, he who overcomes will thus be clothed in white garments, which is the bridal garment, and I will not erase his name from the book of life, and I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. There are two garments. 
The garment of righteousness, the garment of righteous acts. Righteousness gets you in, you must have the garment of acts, the demonstration of God's wisdom. Your life must be a demonstration of what God said is possible if you want the bridal garment. Don't be a foolish virgin who wasn't ready when he came. They are virgins. There were ten virgins. They're all of the same kind. Five were ready, five weren't. It is not just justification that is enough to get you into his presence if you want the life now on earth that you're called for and you want the life in the future that you've been called for. Root of self must come out. Root of love must go in. Completely sets you free of you. His power comes with his word and his spirit. He transforms you on the journey of come follow me. I'm going to build my house. My house will not succumb when precious come. It will stand tall and you will reflect me and imitate me for a lost world to see God in the church. Full stop. That's our identity right there. Through your submission and your surrender. Not through your trying. told you you messed me up during the week and this is not easy bringing this in front of you because I know the seriousness of it but because I love him primarily and love you I will and I hope all things and believe that you're going to take what you've heard today and seek him and ask him to bring to light and life what you've heard because I can't do it I can only speak of it and then hope all things, believe all things, endure all things, that you will go and do what you need to do with him. So I ask you to do it because we will be a different place. You will be different. We as a body will be different. Your relationship with him will be different. Your relationship with one another will be different. The apathy that pervades the body of Christ today will be gone. Apathy is not of Jesus Christ. Apathy is of the root of self. Lukewarmness is of the root of self. God says, it's hot in me, son. I'm not the problem. Remember my thing, my counseling thing? Who were the problem was? The couple were the problem. In Christ, we have incredible potential. The sin in us is the problem. It needs to be dealt with. I don't mean I'm looking at X on the internet or drinking this or having a smoke behind the sheds. I'm talking about the demonic nature that still has its root tapped into you that only the power of God can uproot you from. You know if you've had it done because you have the corresponding life and the life is inner. Innermost being. He who believes in me, fully convinced as the scriptures declare, so the belief is what the scriptures say. You got revelation of the scriptures? If you don't, guess what you don't have? Rivers of living water flowing in and through you because it's all connected to your revealed word knowledge. He who is fully convinced through revelation of what the scriptures say, the word of God, that person from their innermost being has rivers of living water. 
How's your inner life? You can walk on water. You can perform miracles. You can speak in tongues. You can do all the works you want and still not have love, which means you can't deny you, which means you don't have life in the inner recesses of your being, which is the being attitudes that Jesus preached. Do you hunger and thirst for righteousness? Or are you trying to? Are you a peacemaker because you've become a son? Or are you a peacekeeper? Which means you try to keep the peace, you don't make the peace and run the risk of getting your head chopped off like Jesus. Everything has to be okay so I keep it. No, you've got to go in and make it and run the risk of being shot. Like peacemakers, they run the risk of being killed when they go to try and make peace, don't they? They don't bring the people together and say, okay, let's have a discussion about this, boys. We need to sort of like, you need to be okay, you need to be okay. No, no, that's the flesh. There are nine being attitudes with nine promises for every attitude. The kingdom of God is full of promises, is it not? So if we've been re-rooted, uprooted with root love in, then guess what you're going to have? Every promise of the being attitudes, it's the kingdom of God in you. And it's the reality of that in your life. And so it's a road less traveled for many in the body. And God sends people to share with the body so they can know it while you breathe. Lord, teach me to number my days so a heart of wisdom can be produced in me. That I can actually live your will out and be the demonstration of who I was called to be as an individual because my days were already numbered before I was even born one. And it has nothing to do with me discovering my fake life on earth. It's everything to discover my life in Christ that's already written and foretold. Which means I've got to have ears to hear and eyes to see, otherwise I'm blind and I'm deaf. I can't hear anything, but I'll hear the flesh and I'll allow my root of self to build my life, but I just won't have life. I really want to encourage you today. I knew this was coming. I knew today was coming and I know what I've just articulated. To do nothing with it would be nothing more than very sad. And I say that out of love. And that's every word. To do nothing with it more than sit here once and listen to it is to literally say to God, your food's not good enough. And I just don't care. You don't know you're doing that, but he does. And he loves you all the same. That rocked my world. That my behavior didn't determine his love. But when his love got a hold of me, I repented of my behavior. And I saw it for what it was. And like David, I fell on my knees and I cried out like a baby. And the snot marks and the tears are still there. They're mine. That's why I've said never clean that area. I know that place. It defines my life. As a son, 
who knows the brokenness of what that was and what came out of me that day and who started to be Lord in my life. That's the place I'm trying to lead us to, guys. Not to hurt you, not to be a killjoy, to lead you to life. Amen. Who wants to pray? Sam, put him on the spot. Father, I thank you that you're inviting us into an eternal quality of life that we may never have heard of before. And Father, I pray that we will be totally arrested by what we've heard this morning, that not one syllable would fall to the ground. Father, you would grab us, lay hold of us, and bring us by your power into this new and living way. Father, that we would be a true reflection of your Son here on the earth, a bride made ready for the bridegroom. Father, I thank you that it's your absolute goodness towards us that gives us the opportunity to enter into this full and abundant life. And I thank you that you are so devoted and committed to us, to bringing us into everything you have for us. So, Father, I pray that as we leave here, we wouldn't leave, um, we, we might leave physically, but we wouldn't leave from a place of um, humility before you and being able to um, abide in you, uh, not stepping in, stepping out, but staying and remaining. So, Father, we thank you for all of this. In, in Jesus' name, amen.